Welcome to this episode of the Greater Phoenix Chambers podcast. Let's talk business Phoenix with your host, me, Todd Sanders, President and CEO of the Greater Phoenix Chamber. In each episode, we're going to tackle important issues and subjects affecting businesses, our community, and the state today. Through relevant, timely topics, this podcast serves as the business community's voice with a mission of championing business growth, identifying problems that restrict economic development, and convening community leaders to move Phoenix forward. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're really pleased today to have the publisher of the Phoenix Business Journal, Ray Shea, joining us. Ray, thank you for being here. Uh, I'm delighted to be here, Todd. Thank you. Well, let's get started. Uh, for those of, for those two people out there that haven't met you, um, tell us a little bit ab- about your background and maybe something that we wouldn't find on your on your bio. Sure, sure. Um, well, I graduated from a uh, through a communications program at St. Bonaventure University, small you know Franciscan University south of Buffalo and Rochester. I grew up in Rochester, New York, and so journalism really was my mainstay. And so you know, as you probably know, and most people know any good you know writing skills are always beneficial yes. in any line of work so um, but my first job though actually was uh, managing a ski and bike shop and so there I just interfaced with the public you know throughout the seasons we kind of flip-flop between ski season and bike season uh, and that was great and so through that though I ran some events uh, for some of the radio stations that partnered with us with the ski shop and through that met the person who was a promotion director at a radio station I was hired at you know 20 three and a half years old or so as a promotions assistant for a radio station. So, you know, that's a good example that I share with a lot of young people now, too, is that start anywhere because you're going to move up very quickly. So I worked in promotions at the radio station for about six months. And then the general manager of the radio station approached me and said, you know, what do you think about moving into sales? So did you hesitate? Not really, because, right. I mean, it was something I was comfortable with the people that I was working with there and, uh, you know, just kind of getting my feet wet a little bit at the radio station and knowing some of the ins and outs. And, and of course, knowing the background of what goes on behind the scenes, right. you know, behind the microphones, as they say, uh, kind of gave me a little, you know, talking points in a sales uh, situation or scenario, too. And so from there... You know, my sales career really started in, in broadcast media, so radio and television. And then, you know, fast forward many years later, I won't say how many, but, uh, you know, I left the TV station, actually the um, Clear Channel television or Clear Channel sold the television division uh, to another TV group. And uh, so my I lost my job on um, Friday the 13th oh, uh, in okay. TV Yep, in 2008. Eight, and uh, two weeks later, is working at the Business Journal in Rochester, which was independent. Fantastic. And from there, was recruited by this company. About four years later, they approached me a few times, and so, you know, joined this company in Phoenix, and uh, first in uh, Milwaukee. Oh, okay. so that was my first venture. Interesting. To, uh, the company was as the advertising director in Milwaukee with our publication there. And less than a year, started mm-hmm. uh, you know talking with my VP about where publisher opportunities might exist. Could have gone to Denver. Right. Could have gone to Phoenix and chose Phoenix and the rest is history, buddy. Well, and we're and we're glad you chose Phoenix. Um, Before we get into the rest of this, a little something about you that we wouldn't see on your bio that most people wouldn't know. Um, Gosh. uh, Well, probably, you know, the ski and bike business, that's kind of interesting. Um, I used to, for some of the radio stations I work for, would moonlight as one of the radio station mascots uh, to pick up a few extra bucks. You know, my 
wife wasn't working and my kids were young. And a uh, funny thing about that is one of the times I had, you know, so my son was probably a year and a half old and uh, came to one of the station radio station events. And I had this big costume with a big <laughs> head. Like he didn't see me physically yeah. like my face or anything. And he was, my wife was holding him at the time. And he reached out. He knew that it was me behind this mascot mask and big costume that I had on. Too. That's awesome. So interesting story. Yeah. No. Yeah. That absolutely, absolutely. So, so obviously you you've been uh, in the publisher chair now for for a while. Yeah. What have you learned along the way? Uh, but first of all, what a embracing community that we have here too, and many people that have moved here have learned the same. But uh, to me, it was just uh, so welcoming. Uh, my clients have become good friends, and just. You know, people in the business community in particular are just so embracing and just so um, so kind and really easy to be able to build those relationships. And, you know, a lot of what I do is is founded upon the relationships that I have where I can um, approach some of the people that I that we work with and some of our clients and prospects and say, hey, here's an idea that I have. You know, what do you think? And uh, an example of that, where we put together a women's event coming up at the end of Jan- January called um, Health, Wealth and Happiness. And so I kind of vetted the idea to a few people. We've got the uh, CEO of Sprinkles is going to come in and be our keynote. Excellent. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of how those things kind of come to fruition is uh, through the relationships too. Um, being able to know people and be able to, you know, bounce some ideas off them and say, what do you think about this? And then, you know, once they're, it, it sounds like something they're interested in, then we move forward on it too. So we're kind of walking before we running and, and making uh, educated guesses on things, not just, you know, throwing it at the wall. Absolutely. And well, and so like you and, and me, most people that you talk to came here from somewhere else. And right. what you always hear is kind of what you just said. This is a good place to be new. People are accepting. Do you find that that's different from, for instance, Milwaukee or other, other places? That yeah, you definitely. Um, you know, I've lived in other parts of the country too. You know, I lived in Florida and, and Tampa in the mid nineties and then um, Milwaukee before coming here. And I, I found it, in, in each of those markets, too, still a, a little bit different to kind of break through, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, all the generations of families like in Milwaukee. You know, the people are nice, but still it was a lot of the conversations with meeting people was, you know, where are you from and then where would you go to school? You know, yes. when I was off on sales calls with some of the sales team and so on, too, a lot of the conversations would roll around, you know, where did you grow up in, you know, in the, the Milwaukee area and what school did you go to and things like that, too. Did you go to Marquette or did you go to, you know, Madison to go to right. university? Wisconsin. So. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be the first question here. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, you ready to roll not. up your sleeves and, and get involved. Get and you've, and you've done that. You have did, Outside of your lane, you've really gotten involved in other areas. And, and I love that. And again, going back to the relationships that I built, the first year I was here, I accepted every invitation to go everywhere and meet everybody. And that, that really has paid off for me in the long run, too. And, um, you know, a lot of people that I still get to meet now, <clears throat> they quickly learn that, that I know so many people. And so um, I had uh, somebody that I met a few years ago reached out to me. They work with one of their bank clients and um, the client doesn't know this banker and they do significant, like multi millions of dollars of business with their bank and didn't know the bank president. And I made the introduction and they're going to dinner this Friday because they didn't have a specific relationship. So those are the kind of things I like doing too. I like connecting the people too, because now that I have been here eight and a half years, it's very gratifying to me. You know what it was like. Yeah, indeed. Well, thinking about sort of the media market and and, and, in the internet, I think is just really crowded it. What makes the Phoenix business journal unique and maybe just the business journal concept writ large? Yeah. I mean, we're pretty consistent throughout our markets. We really stay hyper local. So 
you know, we don't cover activity in Tucson or mm-hmm. Flagstaff. We really stay within our markets, all of our markets. So we have 40 weekly publications across the country and then five uh, markets that are, are digital, have digital products only. But um, the, the key is just the credibility that we all have. You know, the reporters are really um, well-known within the, the verticals or the, the beats that they cover. And so through that, a lot of their sources come to them with story ideas like, hey, here's what's happening here. And uh, people want to share those uh, those story tips with us because they know that the credibility that the business right. journal has, that they want the story to be published first and foremost in the business journal. And through that, we have a lot of exclusivity for the stories that we publish too, a lot of breaking news. And um, and frankly, we just, we really have a hard time keeping up with that at times. You know, sometimes it'll be two, three, four breaking news stories in the day in the midst of us trying to push other stories out for our morning and afternoon edition that we do digitally too. So there's a lot. It can be a little overwhelming. Yeah. Well, and, and I think to that point, thinking back to um, your first days in, in radio and and um, it, with the business room in Buffalo, how has the newspaper industry changed? And and what are you doing to adapt? Yeah, well, for us, it's creating the digital products. Okay. Uh, people want you know more bites, smaller, faster, um, and so we've we've been able to accommodate the the interests of our of the business community. You know, our subscribers and readers want. You know, they want to look at the quick headline. If it's a story that they want to really uh, go more in depth, they can read that. They can uh, read the full story or they can just read a couple sentences and have just some basic understanding and, and then move on. So, you know, it's kind of like the pace of our whole world, too. Everybody is moving faster. And so with that is our responsibility to come up with content that that meets the demands and the interest for uh, for our regions and subscribers, too. And so creating those digital products that move faster uh, than waiting for a weekly print edition. Like it used to be they wanted to kind of keep the, the cover of the business journal on Friday under wraps. It's like, right. oh, this big story is going to break in the print. Um, so now we're doing that like, you know, multiple times a day, really. Yeah, you don't have time. Products. Yeah. So, so thinking about sort of this changing media landscape, anybody with an iPhone and a Twitter account becomes yeah. a journalist, and and that sort of led to this this idea of, of misinformation and a distrust of mainstream media. How do you how do you maintain that credibility, and 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 what should we be looking for? Yeah, I mean, it's really trusting the sources. You know, where you're getting your news mm-hmm. from, too. Um, you know, we consider ourselves a trusted source, certainly, and that makes a big difference because you know anything that we publish, we know that we spend the time to. You know, not just go off of a press release, but we we go into that further. Right. And there's even other local media companies that don't do that. They'll just take the press release and they'll go, they'll basically repurpose the press release. So we virtually never do that. We'll always reach out and we'll talk to the people involved, even if it means waiting a little while before putting it out there, like right away. Um, so we want to be able to verify and do some fact checking and some, you know, speak to the sources uh, behind that story before we move forward. Just taking it for yeah. granted that it's... Yeah, no, exactly. So again, I think the biggest um, advice would be to to the business community or to the consumers for that matter is, is trust the source uh, that you're getting your news or information from. Thinking about, uh, switching gears a little bit, thinking about when you first got here, the economy was in, still in a pretty decent recovery mode. Yeah, we, were, yeah. we were still coming out of that great recession. And obviously, a lot's changed. You know, when you look around, you know, what, are, what are some of the big changes you've seen in the economy? And when you're talking to business leaders, what are some of the trends we should be paying attention to? Yeah. Well, for, for Arizona and for the Valley in particular, it's just the diversification of, of the industries that are growing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were for the longest time, you know, real estate was it. And now, you know, we've got manufacturing, we've got tech, we've got biosciences. We have all these other verticals that are, you know, really what we need to be able to sustain any kind of a economic slowdown, too. And, you know, to that end, too, I, I 
I've shared with my staff too that I, I encourage them not to use the term recession. I said we can say economic slowdown or slowdown in the economy, but you know I think that recession just has such a negative connotation. But but the biggest thing over the years since I moved here uh, was just the the growth of other industries. And yeah. you know here's another fact too: uh, the growth of our of our colleges and universities in the state, Absolutely. and in particular here locally. Uh, and you know everyone always points to ASU, and I do first and foremost. But GCU is also this juggernaut over in the West Valley too that's doing some amazing things. So both university presidents are just doing some terrific things. To, to be able to grow our economy. Every, you know, grant that, that ASU earns or, um, you know, professors that they bring in that uh, have the flexibility to work on research that maybe they didn't have at the institutions that they came from leads to more economic growth. So now they have these grad assistants that are working and they're making money, these research uh, projects that are generating revenue for, uh, for Arizona too. So those are the kind of things that you also point to in addition to just those other industries. You know, our education system here, uh, you know, colleges and universities are doing amazing job with economic growth. Well, I think you're, you're dead on on the diversification. I mean, thinking about TSMC and what yeah. that's bringing to the Valley. Um, so many of those supplier companies from Taiwan. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and you know, then you look at Pinal County too. Yes. Um, another area that uh, we, we held an event there a few months ago too, and shared just some of the activity down there. And it's one of those, you know, people don't drive through Pinal County, obviously, but uh, when we, when we held that event a few months ago too, people were just amazed at the stories that we published that shared a lot of what's happening down there, that Procter and Gamble news that just, we, we broke a few weeks ago. Um, you know, just the companies that are going there, uh, to have kind of like that Southwest presence too. And in addition, the supply chain that's going to support TSMC, we, we don't even know how much uh, growth that that's going to bring to the Valley too. And certainly some are going in and around that area up around, you know, Anthem and North Phoenix, but there's a lot of that supply chain that is kind of, you know, kind of carving out some space and land down in um, Bunnell County to be able to. Correct. Um, yeah. Amazing what that's done in even a presidential visit, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all coming <laughs> together, right? <laughs> so obviously you, you talk to other publishers in other cities. I mean, you're, you're you, mm -hmm. Phoenix business journals are the business journals everywhere. What are your colleagues saying? Uh, about the national economy and how do they see Phoenix? Yeah, no, we're, we're like on the, you know, we, we, our company publishes an aggregate of stories from around all of our markets too, where generally the, the biggest stories are, and you know, most are positive, but there's some that might have, you know, job cuts and so on too, that Intel announced some cuts uh, over these last few weeks too. Uh, but for us, you know, we're kind of like the, you know, we're, we're catching the eye and the attention of people in all of our other markets too. And to that end, and, you know, I knock on wood a little bit, but we're, um, you know, Phoenix is having the best uh, pace to our, our, our revenue goal for the year of any of our 40 markets currently. So so I, I attribute that to, you know, first and foremost, to the growth of the market, but secondly, to the team that I have in place, too, that can um, we have some really uh, talented people on the advertising side. But, of course, you know, that's only that only goes so far. We have to have good content, too. So my editorial team reporters that we have. So from top to bottom, this is the best staff I've had since I moved here. So the guys in Milwaukee are regretting your, your move. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no regrets whatsoever. None. Um, so when you, you, you mentioned, um, Intel, um, and obviously, obviously, you know, you don't want to talk about recession, but there is a reset that yeah. seems to be happening. Um, and some, some things in the sort of the economy or things that are happening that are concerning things that come to mind are, for instance, um, slower job numbers, perhaps water issues, 
housing. What are some of the things that you're seeing out there that that we need to be paying attention to now before they become significant? I I mean, definitely the water. And I think, you know, when we talk about Intel, you know, specifically for some of the job cuts that they've announced too, you know, I think that's just a little bit of a hiccup for our region um, and for the state and the Valley in particular. But I think uh, water to me is probably, you know, what needs the most attention. And, you know, I know that there's been a lot of efforts, you know, first and foremost by the governor. Uh, ASU just received $40 million to, you know, dive into that a little bit and try to find some solutions. So I, I think, you know, certainly putting money, creating some uh, programs and some committees to be able to to explore the, the needs and some some ways to get to, to deal with it, too. I mean, we can't count on the the climate. We can't count on the snowfall in the Rockies to give us the water that we need anymore, especially when we're just kind of hit with a, a cut of our own uh, water um, coming out of the Colorado River, too. So that, to me, is probably the one that needs uh, the most attention, because without that, you know, a lot of that other growth is going to be challenging. Uh, you know, attainable housing uh, is another, and workforce development. You know, so certainly some of the, the cuts that we've seen from different companies in, in different regions, too. That's why we're still growing as we are as a city and as a county, as people still want to come here because they have job opportunities. So I'm not as concerned about the workforce development as I am probably, mm-hmm. you know, being able to have um, housing for people that they can afford to live in and, you know, not be underwater every month, too. Yeah, and certainly from the so, time that you came here in 08 to today, I mean, the housing market's far. changed dramatically. And, and obviously for those who own houses, that's great. Uh, but to your point, from a workforce perspective, that that could be a, a problem for us going forward. No question. And, you know, hopefully some of our newly elected officials will uh, be able to kind of continue some of the efforts of those that they're, that are leaving office and be able to, you know, maintain some level of growth that we have and be able to move through whatever slowdown that we're going to see, you know, very quickly. And certainly I, I still feel that we're far better positioned than most other markets and regions of the country to be able to, you know, not only go into the, whatever slowdown occurs later, but also to come out quicker too. Well, speaking of elected officials and uh, newly elected officials, uh, we, we obviously had our election. We have a new governor, Governor uh, Katie Hobbs, uh, elect. Uh, what 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 are some of the things that you think um, she needs to be focused on as as she starts to transition into this new role? Um, you know, certainly she's got different um, different ideas and different plans than what our you know the um, Governor Ducey had. So I think you know to kind of you know first and foremost in the transition to kind of take a step back, evaluate, see where she can be most effective. You know, not to, you know, the things such as economic development. I mean, uh, Arizona Commerce Authority and the work that Sandra Watson and her team do there is, you know, unprecedented, too. Um, So, you know, let's try not to fix what's not broken. Uh, So kind of, you know, let those things continue to grow and and do what they're doing, those um, those offices. But then also find ways where, you know, some of her knowledge and experience and listening to the people, you know, the consumer, certainly, because that's probably a lot of who she's going to get a lot of her feedback from, uh, but also the business community. Um, you know, there's oftentimes legislation that that uh, that comes up either through the legislature or through ballot initiatives that kind of, you know, kick the, the business community in the head a little bit, too, and slow it down. Uh, you know, some of the taxes where the public doesn't necessarily see all of what's behind or what can occur as a result of some of those passages of some of that legislation. Um, so those are the things that I think that we, you know, need to just be conscious of business. Certainly as a business journal, you know, we probably speak more loudly than others when it comes to that. Uh, but, you know, certainly you and the chamber too are also the voice in that too. So we just want to make sure that, that the needs and the wants of the business community are still heard by the new administration. 
Absolutely. And we appreciate that voice. Yeah. Um, you know, as you're out and about uh, and seeing new players and new companies coming into the market, who are some of the, some, some of those folks or some of those companies that we should be paying attention to as they come into our market? Yeah, well, I mean, I think tech, uh, anything that's going to bring some of the higher paying jobs are, the, are those that are going to be most important for us. The advanced manufacturing, um, you know, certainly anything related to, uh, to chip manufacturing, too. We uh, held an event in partnership with our DC uh, publication back in September too, where um, where where Michael Crow moderated a panel with uh, Kirsten Cinema and uh, and Senator Cornyn from Texas, kind of talking about how the chipset came to be, uh, where they crossed the aisles and worked together to be able to get that done. So certainly the fifty two billion dollar uh, Chips Act is going to benefit Arizona tremendously, and so you know anything that's going to Help us to grow both through um, through workforce like the engineering program at ASU, which has grown like tenfold in the last twenty years, uh, which is just remarkable too. But paying attention to you know advanced manufacturing, chips manufacturing, the less that we can rely on foreign companies and, and foreign countries for the, some of our day to day needs, like chips, for example, is the best example. Uh, the better off our own economy will be, and the better off we'll be as a state too. But having Intel and TSMC both in our in our backyard, or front yard and backyard, depending which direction you look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but to me, uh, you know, that's the, that kind of uh, growth, and, and it's nonstop. I mean, there's there's more projects in the pipeline for companies that want right. to come here, you know. And then the other thing, we look uh, look ahead in uh, what I hear, how many fifty one days or something, or fifty days to the Super Bowl. Yes, um, the Super Bowl and some of those those marquee events that we bring, sporting events or otherwise. That come to the valley here gives us a great, great opportunity to be able to entertain people, uh, entertain executives from companies from around the country and around the world, and lets them see Arizona firsthand. So we, Agreed. you know, we we roll out the red carpet, we wine and dine them a bit. Uh, I say we as a state, um, and uh, and so we kind of show them, and and we use the, the powerful people that we have here, like the Jerry Colangelo and Michael Bidwell, to kind of tell their story of coming from somewhere else and the success that they've experienced and after moving here too. Like so Governor Ducey from from Ohio. Governor Ducey, I know first and foremost. Absolutely. So yeah, um, so those programs are really good. So those CEO forums are really effective mm-hmm. to be able to um, introduce those executives to our market and to the state. So thinking about the governor, uh, Governor Ducey, uh, Sandra Watson, Mayor Gallego, I think well, some of the things that have been really important with our administrations is intentional economic development, right? Not, not just sort of passive. Um, looking ahead, maybe looking around the corner, we're, we're now advanced manufacturing is, is really hot. Looking around the corner, what are one or two industries that you think might be important targets for us to be focused on? Uh, electric vehicles, you know, I mean, that's, they all seem to be having an interest in doing something here too. Uh, the battery power, you know, I mean, core, um, core power going in over in Buckeye, um, you know, those, those things because they complement one another. So we've been talking about different programs that we're going to look to execute either through an event or special section throughout 2023. And those are, um, you know, I mentioned advanced manufacturing, but electric vehicles and, and battery power. Uh, those are two that I think that we can really, because again, it's going to tap into that the educated workforce that we need and have, and provide those people with well-paying jobs too. So, 
Well, this is a good incentive to make sure you're subscribed. Uh, so that you can see what's around the yes, corner. Yes. If you're not, you're missing uh, a lot of really good information. It can be really helpful for people in business. If they don't, they don't read us, they're going to be behind in the conversations. And you don't want to be that person sitting in a circle of people talking about something that we published and, uh, and they don't know what they're talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Ray, really appreciate you taking the time. Before we let you go, we're going to ask a quick lightning round. Yes. Um, and I think you might have answered this, but, but we'll see. Um, first job. First job, uh, well, paper route, and then okay. I worked in a, a grocery store when I was 16, too. But paper route when I was 12, bought my first bike. I was just sharing this story with somebody recently. Um, my paper route grew so quickly in the year that I had it. I get, got uh, tickets for my mom and I to go to a preseason Buffalo Bills game in the brand-new stadium. I think it was the second or third nice. game played in a preseason game there, too, for the number of new um uh, subscribers to the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle that I had. In my well, Sunday and I love that um, you started a newspaper. <laughs> Interesting. That's right? fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you learn? Uh, learned kind of how to run my own business and, mm-hmm. and, and people too. I mean, some of those people that I knew that they were home, but they wouldn't answer their door when I was collecting door to door, which is a practice that's long since uh, gone by the wayside. But, you know, we had like those little tickets <laughs> that we'd tear off to give to them when they paid their, when they paid their bill. And I'd have some of these people that would owe me for five or six weeks, which was only maybe 10 or $12. And I'm like, well, why are they not answering their door? So a lot of human skills along the way that were learned. <laughs> that are serving you well today. And the people that I liked and those that were a little bit of a struggle for me too. And then those that would leave their money. So on Sunday, I had 110 Sunday papers. And let me tell you, the Sunday that, papers back yeah. then were probably, uh, I don't know what the weight was, but um, at the time, uh, my mom, she drove a Ford Maverick. Nice. And uh, my brother and sister, they'd all have to get up on a Sunday morning to help me deliver these papers. And so the, the reward for them was there was a few people that would leave their money for that weekly uh, subscription on their back porch or wherever too. And I take the family, we'd buy donuts and go home and have donuts. Yeah. Hey, that's yeah. wonderful. So, yeah. Um, that was the bribe. I, I love it. I love it. Um, and so, and you can't see your current job, although it's phenomenal. Right. Dream right. job. Dream job. Um, I think if I could be a little more better focused, I'd like to teach. Teach? What? Yeah. Journalism? Um, maybe something that would just be more, um, business, but maybe business journalism. Excellent. I mean, when that kind of ties into, to what I do too. Well, hopefully our our friends at ASU and the community colleges are listening to that, (laughs) uh, from when you retire. Um, and then a final question, what would be your walk on song? What would be your walk on music? If you were... If, yeah, yeah. if Derek Hall put you on the team. Oh, yeah, you know, bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Well, that, was, that took no time <laughs> at all. I love that. Well, Ray, thank you for, so much for spending Thanks, the time Sam. with this us. Thank great. you for all you're doing in our community. And we'll certainly look forward to, to uh, reading what's coming up next in the next year. Thanks. Appreciate the partnership with you. You do a great job there at the Chamber, too, Todd. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.